This is ContraZoom, a live in limbo production. This is ContraZoom, where we go back and forth about film. I'm Dakota Arsenault, and once again, I am joined by Rachel Gordon. How are you doing today? I'm doing absolutely fantastic, Dakota. How are you? I'm great. Um, this is going to be the first episode of 2017. 2016 was great, but we're going to make 2017 even better. We've got a whole bunch of great stuff planned. Uh, and we are going to do a bit of a wrap-up of 2016 later on but uh there was some sad news that came out recently that i thought was uh imperative imperative for us to address right away and that is sadly the death of bill marshall who was one of the co-creators at the toronto international film festival uh bill was 77 years old um and he he very sadly passed away on sunday now this is a name that most people probably aren't going to be familiar with. Uh, he was not at the forefront of the news. He, his face is not well known, things like that. But back in 1976, he, along with two others, Hank Vanderkolk and Dusty Cole, they decided to create what was then called the Toronto Festival of Festivals, where they, managed to secure some of the best films that were playing at other festivals around the world and screen them in Toronto because there was definitely a real appetite for some great world cinema in Toronto. And and sort of as time has gone by, it's definitely proven that uh, that Bill was very right. And everything that's come out since his death, from his uh, contemporaries to uh, people in the industry today, it's been nothing but praise about what a excellent person he was to work with and how dedicated he was to, uh, to film in the Toronto community. And really, as a whole, just was an all-around great guy. Yeah, and he the interesting thing because he was so strong in the Toronto and Canadian film industry as a whole is that he was not born in Canada. Bill Marshall was actually born in Scotland, Glasgow, and immigrated to Canada in 1955. I find this really interesting because it mirrors a fellow Canadian film vanguard, Norm McLaren, and he's the Scottish artist who brought animation to the National Film Board. So we have a lot of Scottish presence in our Canadian culture, it would seem. So I feel like that makes makes it even more um, important that he brought this global viewpoint um, to Toronto through the film. He's quoted as saying that we would put Greek movies on or Italian movies or Cuban movies or Asian movies or Bangladeshi movies. And people would come out in droves because they had to see that. So let's call TIFF a no-brainer. And because of the festival, I think more so than before, Toronto is known as this multicultural community, this multicultural hub. And honestly, without the Toronto International Film Festival, without TIFF, I'm really not sure if we would have that same international cultural vibe and representation, particularly on the world stage. I think you sort of really hit the nail on the head. You know, we're, Toronto is considered a world-class city because of the culture that we have and the fact that everyone is sort of welcome here. You know, 
we wouldn't be a leader in say something like food, you know, you can yeah. go anywhere in Toronto and get any sort of cuisine from around the world if it wasn't for something like TIFF because it allows this ability to explore new cultures and see what other people appreciate and that's directly translated to, to things like food and, and like our music scene and industry is also fantastic part yeah. of that is is by nature the fact that we're the biggest city in Canada but you know it's a sentiment that's also shared in places like Montreal and Vancouver and, and quite a few other large cities as well yeah, I definitely agree. And I think kind of how you phrase that gives this feeling of, you know, openness and experience, which I think translates into another huge part of TIFF, which is the public focus, right? The reason, one of the reasons it grew so quickly as a festival was because it wasn't this kind of elitist leaning festival, one could say with a lot of, you know, industry focus. It was, it was a, it was a, festival for the public, you know, it was screening films and saying, Hey, come see this. And, you know, the only real award that's come about is the people's choice award. So giving that power to the public that they don't often have in the film community, particularly when it comes to the critical side of the film community, making those choices of what they want to see. Um, so I definitely think that that lends itself to this open accepting feeling that TIFF has brought about even more so in Toronto. Yeah, I I think the People's Choice Award is something that really sets us apart from other festivals because you look at something like Khan, which is, you know, I, let's not mint words, is the most important film festival in the world. Oh, but, no question. But the way it works there is there's about 20 films that are only up for the grand prize. It's not every yeah. single film that's being played there. And you know, you get tons of hits and, and awards, festival favorites that are never in the grand jury discussion. And yeah. it's decided by uh, a small group of people. It's about, I think about less than 10 people that decide who gets uh, the grand prize at Cannes, which is, you know, great. Because they, they've, uh, awarded some really great films, especially ones that maybe aren't as well recognized by the public. But at the same time, you know, you look at TIFF because of the fact that it is decided by the public. It means that someone who decides to go to see one movie because their favorite actor is in it, their vote is worth just as much as the film critic that goes and sees 20, 30 films over yeah. the course of the festival. Um, and, and I do think that when we think of can, um, you know, my, my image, at least, you know, as someone who, to be fair, has gone to the festival many times, live in Toronto, my image of Toronto and the Toronto Film Festival is, you know, of all the people going to see film, mixing with, you know, possible industry figures, just kind of a public feel. And I do think when you think of Cannes, what you're thinking of is you're thinking of these red carpets and these very rich, influential people and this sort of glitz and glamour. And I think people would travel to somewhere like Cannes, you know. One, I think traveling to a festival like Cannes is already a little less accessible than traveling to Toronto to see film. And secondarily, I think, you know, when you're traveling to Cannes, it's more kind of to see the stars, you know, and to get that experience. Whereas when you come to TIFF, you really do feel as though you can see all these movies. You know, you have all this agency in in how you view the movies and which movies you want to see and your input. Again, the People's Choice Award. There's definitely a level of accessibility that is not there for other prestigious festivals. You know, there's mm-hmm. other film festivals around the world where it is much more accessible for, for regular people to go, but it doesn't carry that same, same level of prestige. And yeah. the, real, the real thing where the prestige comes in is you look at something like 
uh, the Academy Awards, which, you know, is not the, the be all and end all. It's not even usually the best indicator of, <laughs> of films, but mm. at the same time, you know, in North America, it is sort of, uh, the, the temperature gauge of what the film market and industry is like in a given year. And if you look at the, the People's Choice winners, TIFF has produced 14 best picture nominated films and five of them winning, which is <laughs> crazy to think about, uh, especially in the last, you know, decade or so, almost every yeah. single year you have a best picture nominee. This, which means that when TIFF is going on, that is the official start to award season because yeah. whoever comes out as a people's choice winner suddenly is the one that you need to keep your eye out on. And I think that's lovely because, you know, it's showing that not just now that it's been happening, but probably, you know, forever, we don't give enough license. The industry does not give enough license to the average viewer, right? They think, oh, you know, they've been giving for so long. It's in the hands of the industry experts, these people with all this experience. But then you see these people, you know, the people, the public who are choosing their favorite movies and those movies winning awards. It's The public knows what they're talking about, right? I mean, it's who we're catering to. It's who the whole film industry in the end should really be catering to is, you know, people who go and want to enjoy these films. So it's nice to see that reflection of the public, um, public perception of film and the critical perception of film and seeing that it's really not so separate. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and I think a lot of this goes back to the philosophy that Bill Marshall was definitely trying to implement into this festival. If you look at the, the types of movies that win, it usually is more of the, the crowd pleaser types. Um, you know, usually something with a really strong uplifting ending or stories about a struggle where people are able to overcome them, things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, and well, in the last decade, they've mostly been pretty much mainstream Hollywood fair. The, the festival has a very rich history of having foreign films, uh, having English made films outside of the North American system, having French Canadian films, having films directed by, by women, uh, people of all different ethnicities. So it's, you know, they've been, they've been pretty great at really showing the love to everyone. It doesn't really matter who you are. It matters what kind of a film you make. It's certainly not an exclusive, exclusive festival. You know, it's definitely, it's, as you've said, it's kind of for everyone. Um, and it's, there's a quote from just since, um, since his unfortunate passing, you know, Tiff has put out a piece and there's a little um, write up by Piers Handling and he's the director and CEO of Tiff since 1994. And of course he knew uh, Marshall. And so he said that the festival from day one, it struck an uncanny balance between international Canadian highbrow and lowbrow, populist and esoteric, a public event that also had an industry and media component. So you're right. It's just it always has this balance, whether it be in who's attending or the film shown of um, inclusivity and not inclusivity for the sake of inclusivity. You know, the films being shown have always been of this supreme caliber. The supreme caliber in selection, and you know all of this time has been put into it. So it's not as if Tiff is trying to say, oh, look at us, you know, we're so inclusive. We're reaching out to all these people, which some organizations and some festivals, I would say, have been guilty of. It's just always been a fact of the matter. Bill, Bill Marshall brought it in from the beginning, so that's just how Tiff is. You know, it's not something that they even have to try to do. It just is in the nature of the festival itself. And I think another sort of 
reason why TIFF is so excellent is their respect for the artists and the lack of censorship that they put on the films. I have no idea what either Bill Marshall's politics were or anyone else still involved with TIFF because everyone is accepted. Yeah, Uh, there's there's a great story in that TIFF piece, which will be linked in the, the show notes about how the very first year, the first film that they were going to show, uh, the censors, uh, did not want it to be shown without it being cut because apparently there's quite a bit of explicit material. And, uh, Marshall and the other people on his board said, no way that's going to happen. So what they did was they submitted one copy with the cuts to the censor board, which they then approved. And then a completely different unedited cut went to the movie theater. And like that, like so, to do something like that takes a tremendous amount of guts. And, and I can't believe yeah. it did. The, the name of the movie was In Praise of Older Women, um, which was just a fantastic idea. And I'm like, I'm so proud that like they're able to do that because I'm, I'm a big fan of not allowing censorship in film, even if I disagree with it. You as an artist have the right to say what's on your mind. And then me as an audience member has the right to either agree, disagree, like, or dislike it. Definitely. I think that's a, that is um, kind of this unprejudiced view, not even prejudiced, but I, I, I do, I do agree. And I love that. It's like agree or disagree, kind of, this is how this artist sees the world and they want to portray it correctly. Right. And let that artist be exposed as, as they are, as this vision. I mean, you look at someone like Xavier Dolan who came out of Canada and is now reaching this, these heights of critical acclaim, you know, the name is becoming known worldwide. He's making these movies with fabulous people. Um, and he had, you know, a pretty strong start. Tiff has been screening his stuff since the beginning and, you know, Kane has too. And I'm not, I'm not saying that, you know, without Tiff, he wouldn't be where he is today, but I do think there's something to be said for, um, for the kind of, the kind of nature of Tiff and of the film industry in Toronto, that's kind of come up from this influence of Tiff that when a pro when shown, you know, films by a young queer artist, that may say something that may make people uncomfortable or show things that might make people question it. Um, They don't shy away from it, right? They embrace it. And, you know, also Montreal is similar. And I just think it's this essence of Canadian cinema that has been very influenced by TIFF where creators feel able to show their vision fully and not censor themselves either. And, you know, feel confident enough in their work and in their identity, that they can just put it out there and they're not going to be rejected for it. And I do think that when you look at Canadian um, Canadian film in terms of film like, like full length, like Xavier Dolan, and when it comes to shorts and animation, there is a certain sometimes experimental nature to the film that reflects upon this inhibition of Canadian cinema and, like you said, the accepting, non-censoring nature. Yeah, uh, I am... Um... It's it's frustrating that we as Canadians as a whole do not know enough about our own cinematic history. And, and TIFF very well could, you know, decide to cater to the fact that 
by and large, we go out and see American-made films and even other countries' films not in English before we will support our own films. But that has not stopped them from quite aggressively promoting Canadian cinema. Um, every year they make a list of the 10 best Canadian feature films and then they screen them and they also every 10 years they make a list of the the 10 greatest canadian films of all time and if you look at the list over the years you'd be you'd be hard pressed for for even hardcore cinephiles to have seen more than a couple of them mm-hmm. uh and it's so nice that to look at the list and it's not just the 10 most popular Canadian films that have been made. These are some really great ones. Uh, looking at the most recent list from 2015, um, you have an Inuit film that's in first place, The Fast Runner. I'm not even going to try to say the first name because I don't know how to pronounce <laughs> it, but it's an Inuit film. Yeah. Um, but then you have other ones like Claude Jutra, uh, is a very well-known French director who seems to not get enough praise, even though uh, there's an award named after him, the Jutras. Uh, and then there, you got other names like Adam Agoyan and Denis Arcand and Don Shabib and David Cronenberg and Jean-Marc Vallier and Guy Madden mm-hmm. and even Sarah Pauly. Like, these are some, for, for people that have studied film, these are some huge names that have greatly influenced us. And while they may not have gotten the the respect from the public as they may have deserved, if you ask anyone in the Canadian film industry, all of those names mean something to them. Yeah, I agree. And something that is possibly one of the things I appreciate most about TIFF is that they promote Canadian artists and visionaries and their work without getting bogged down in the idea of Canadiana. And what I mean by this is it's a trap that I see, you know, a lot of Canadian, um, a lot of Canadian industry falling into time and time again, again, looking at, National Film Board put out some great work, but a trap that it seems to fall into is putting out work that showcases, you know, um, kind of this folkloric Canada and we and literature that you know talks a lot about um, the details of Canadian living in a way that seems almost ridiculous, almost like we need to show the world just how Canadian we can be. And I think it's a very singular, sometimes exclusive vision that we try to put out. And when it comes to the film industry and particularly TIFF, that is not at all the direction that it takes. It is not about, we want to show this particular vision of Canada to the world. So that's what we're going to show at this festival that attracts the world. It's all about, okay, we need to get these voices out there. These people are Canadian and we need to make sure that they're getting the same exposure as someone might in mainstream American films. Someone might be, with a larger platform and it's all about again coming back to the fact that this work is not censored and not even in the way of um you know content details that might be scandalous but in the way of content being what well, some people who might not know about Canada might say oh that's you know un-Canadian there is no such thing as un-Canadian film we don't take that TIFF just shows People representing however they think their Canada is or it doesn't have to be, you know, films don't have to be about Canada just because they're made by a Canadian. And it's just it's something that frustrates me a lot about Canadian literature. And I think largely Bill Marshall has made sure that that is not something that is associated with Canadian film. But Canadian film is a form for expression and Canadian expression in whatever form that may take. 
Mm-hmm. Well, while Marsha was only directly involved with running the festival for the first, I think, three years or so, while he stepped down from being its director, he was very involved with the organization and the contacts of the people that were also put in charge. And basically, everyone that's still running the show today are his direct appointees, which <laughs> means that they share his vision. And that's something that he he was explicitly stated for having, was that everyone that was on board for the original 1977 festival shared the same vision he did yeah and all these people like you were talking about pierce handling they still share this same vision that marshall had which i think is fantastic and the fact that the tiff brand has grown so much to the point where they have their own theater which is also doubles as a museum is, is absolutely stunning when i first heard they're building it it was it scratched my head a little bit but i i can't get enough of the way that they have organized uh the tiff bell light box you know i i dislike that they've got bell in the name of the building but, yeah you know, not ideal yeah you can't win it all because unfortunately <laughs> art costs money and you need a patronage this is true, this is true. but it's not like Bell has stopped them from doing anything that they want to do. No, or altered it. And I think that, you know, in saying that, because TIFF is totally a brand. That is a good way to say it. TIFF has become a brand. It is almost reaching bigger than itself. You know, you say the name TIFF outside of Canada, people know what it is. Um, There is, like you said, the TIFF Bell Lightbox. TIFF is kind of an entity um, above the festival. And... Again, saying with, you know, art does cost money and you look at things like the support of Bell and other organizations and in different contexts and different festivals, you do see this support kind of altering the festival itself. uh, Something that's been said many times, um, and I don't particularly have a strong feeling about it just because I haven't attended many times, is that Nuit Blanche Toronto, when it was supported by Scotiabank, which has now withdrawn their support, um, was different than when it wasn't. Um, I've heard that said many times, and I don't think that that has ever been a concern with TIFF. I don't think that it's ever been altered because of its support or, you know, an outside vision, someone coming in and saying, hey, I think it's time to change it up. And that all comes back to Bill Marshall. Um, And as you said, that the people there on the ground floor were seeing, you know, those people still still working or people who knew those people or um, who are mentored by those um, those original voices. So that vision is coming through. So there isn't, you know, someone new being put in charge saying, let's twist this all up. Um, it's that it's that vision. It's that reoccurring theme of, you know, this is the mantra. These are the goals. This is what we want to do. And there's no real corruption of that because it is so strong. And at this point, it is so associated with the brand that doing anything to to mess with that, no one would be a fan because what they want is TIFF. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like it, it obviously sounds like we've we've kind of just gone off and, and started praising TIFF, and we have <laughs> done we have done actual TIFF episodes around the festival time. You know, Mehek is a is great for that because she sees tons of films. Um, but you know, it's more the idea of it's really hard to pin down because Marshall was not a big public figure who he is as a person. And so we can't eulogize him correctly, but what we can eulogize is this creation, this idea that he has and how it's been passed down. 
precisely. And what a legacy, right? I mean, what a, what a, what a legacy. Yeah. And, and the fact is he ha- he didn't stop doing what he was doing. A couple of years ago, he started a Niagara Film Festival. And apparently he was working on trying to start up another film festival um, <laughs> a couple hours outside of Toronto, Man. Uh, which, which is fantastic that, you know, even in his 70s, he was still active and it wasn't, you, you don't start a film festival for the money. Like, no. If that is a byproduct of it, that's fantastic, which Tiff has definitely been able to capitalize on. But that's uh, definitely not an association. You're right. You don't think, oh, film festival, I'm going to make millions off of this. Exactly. Because you are getting small, independent films, hard to reach films, uh, and hoping to draw an audience of that. And, and really, Tiff hasn't even stopped having other film festivals in town, like, uh, Hot Docs, which also now own their own theater, or, uh, there's, uh, the Jewish Film Festival. And I know there's like every other culture in the city also throws their own film festival to varying yeah. degrees of success. But it's not like Tiff has, you know, said, this is our territory, our domain. You can't do it. Other other festivals are thriving as well, which just proves the original idea that Toronto is hungry for multicultural Definitely. arts. And I mean, you look at things like, yeah, and it's like you said, in like the Inside Out um, LGBT film festival, you know, that's shown at T- TIFF Lightbox, a lot of those films. So yeah, it's, it's, it's not a competitive nature. It's a supporting nature. It's everyone trying to enhance the other and making sure we see all sides. Mm-hmm. Um, so... With great sadness and our condolences to the Marshall family and everyone that's ever worked with him, uh, we thank you for everything that you've done for Canadian in Toronto cinema. And really cinema for everyone. Really? Cinema is for everyone. Yeah, I think that's the real underlining point. So if you go to liveandlimbo.com, you can see the show notes where we're going to link to that beautiful uh, piece from Tiff's website, along with the original obituary that uh, I had found on CBC uh, and also some other stuff that we talked about as well, including uh, the People's Choice Award winners and uh, Canadian top 10 films. So thank you so much for listening. Um, you can follow myself on Twitter at DGAPA and make sure you follow at Live in Limbo. Um, and so thank you so much for joining me this episode, Rachel. Oh, you're so very welcome. Thank you for having me. 